Hi, this is Amanda Farrell-Lowe, and welcome to Check the Program's very first bonus content podcast. That's right. We uh, had a little something extra left over from our last episode that we wanted to share with you, and that's my chat with Lindsay Delarond, the first ever Indigenous artist-in-residence for the City of Victoria. She just recently wrapped up her two-year term, and our podcast last week was not enough time to really cover all the ground that we spoke about, so I thought I'd share our interview in full. So here it is. Thanks for listening. My English name is Lindsay Delarond. I'm a Mohawk First Nations from Kahnawake, which is in the province of Quebec. That's where I'm originally from. And I reside here on the Kwangan territory, uh, Victoria, British Columbia. Thanks, Lindsay. So you've just wrapped up two years as the mm-hmm. Indigenous Artist in Residence for mm-hmm. the City of Victoria. Yes. Um, thinking back to when you started the, that position, mm-hmm. um, do you think it turned out differently than you imagined it? Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. Would, how do you think? I think uh, when I think about two years ago, um, it uh, I was in a really different place in my life, you know. Um, beginning my residency, there was also a great loss in my life. And uh, sort of taking me back into those moments, I realized that my residency has actually been the place where I've been able to not just do like my personal work, um, but also, uh, you know, bring people along on that journey, you know, people that are really interested in the arts, uh, particularly uh, in the arts and healing realm, in terms of the work that I've been able to do in the last two years. And so when I think about the beginning of my residency, you know, um, how it manifested and unfolded uh, was more than I could have ever predicted. You know, the amount of artists that I've been able to work with, the amount of stories that I've been um, privileged enough to witness, um, you know, the amount of growth in our communities, uh, particularly with, with the showcases, right, that has occurred at the Belfry. So in the last two years, you know, um, so much work has been done internally uh, for myself to be able to really, I think, hold a position like this and actually really grow in a position like this. There's sort of the professional development aspect that has really grown. Um, and I'll sort of touch on that. And then there's also, like I said, the um, the witnessing and observing really the gaps, I think, in Victoria in terms of Indigenous uh, presentations of art and how it could be presented. I mean, I'm left with a lot more questions, again, which is really um, wonderful. You know, the curiosity of really what an artist in residence could do for a city, uh, I think, should be... Uh, really implemented in every province. I mean, I think that's something that I'd really like to touch on uh, with this interview, uh, really reflecting on the last two years, um, you know, and measuring, measuring the success. Like I said, not just of my own personal success and uh, personal development, but the accessibility, the visibility, uh, the reciprocity, um, the relevancy of having an artist in residence in in a in a in a, in a province is uh, extremely beneficial, not just to the artist, but I think for where we're at in our culture, where we're at in relation to reconciliation, where we're at in co-creation 
reconciliation, um, you know, because this pressure around reconciliation, which was the hat that I wore in my first year of my residency, the program fit under the year of reconciliation. Um, which was extended a second year, as well as Luke Ramsey, who holds the artisan residence. So, I mean, there's a lot to walk away from knowing that, you know, there's more work to be done. Hence why I believe that it's important for another Indigenous artist to take the reins and continue to push that work deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, so uh, they haven't indicated whether they're going to continue mm-hmm. the program. Have mm-hmm. they? It's very promising. I mean, the response from the community because um, the benefits, like I said, in terms of the exposure of uh, you know indigenous perspectives and worldview in the arts, um, has to come from that indigenous from the indigenous population. Um, you know, we have a lot of allyship that come in and 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 nurture and help foster you know new ideas and growth and expansion um so that reciprocity like i mentioned is uh is is growing in our city you know and i think to uh let an opportunity like this pass or not continue to delve deeper in it um i wouldn't say is in the best interest of the city yeah Mm -hmm. i felt like your residency really showed people like what an artist in residence could be beyond Mm -hmm. You know, like murals and everything are great, but the right. performance aspect, right. you had a pretty open practice in right. the way you invited people to come in and help you develop these, uh, absolutely. these pieces. I just felt like it was uh, just a totally new perspective and right. an important one. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, in terms of the strategy, because I had to build a strategy prior to really applying You have to have um, a real focus, you know, in terms of how you were going to do this, the how. And so in my interview, um, you know, I went prepared to really uh, propose um, performance as activated at audience, as co-creation and collaboration with non-Indigenous people. This was sort of my framework that I built um, and, and the application of it you know, um, turned into, I actually did 18 projects in two years, 18 projects, not just um, performance, but photography, um, solo performance, uh, performances with another person, and also big performances with the most was the 40 Indigenous artists that I worked with, with our first showcase pendulum in February of 2018. Um, And so, you know, that's a lot of work, you know, within a two year span. Um, and so I'll sort of talk about how that's benefited my professional development, you know, having an opportunity not just to create art for, you know, exhibition and community, but also, you know, really able to see how an artist in residence or a residency position, you really get to delve into aspects that you didn't know really existed. I mean, the beautiful thing about creativity is unpredictability. You know, um, so really playing with that unpredictability, the vulnerability um, has really shown in uh, most projects that I did, you know, and assessing from there in terms of, um, I think the, the real assessment stands with audience. You know, I think that's where the real assessment is. I mean, I've heard things in uh, in, in a critique that my work was too personal, you know, um, which I think is true. Um, but I also feel like what I'm trying to sort of really gravitate towards is how do you make the personal public? How do you 
work internally with the personal self with your individual and sort of expand that into other realms into other people into other creative processes and so um you know i've been able to somewhat do that i feel and now sort of the two years that i've been an artist in residence i have cultivated a vision for myself uh, not just for myself, but like-minded individuals in Victoria that also see Indigenous theatre, Indigenous performance as a need, not for the sake of performance per se, but more so of the unity, of the healing, of the processing, of the storytelling, of the songs, of the dances, of the medicine, of the ritual, of us coming together and acting and being who we are you know, sovereign nations that come together and want to work nation to nation, I think is a very beautiful thing. And beautiful things happen from that. And the only reason why I know that is because people tell me that. That's the reflection that I'm getting back. It's it's what I see when I look in the in the water. The reflection is like, I'm on the right path. And so are we are on the right path. So how do you see that uh, going forward now mm-hmm. that you've finished your term? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been, like I mentioned, like these stepping stones that have sort of emerged. Um, you know, the path is not exactly clear, but there's there's these stepping stones that reveal themselves. The more that I have conversations, the more that we have uh, come together, um, the people that have performed in Pendulum, the people that have just recently performed in Supernova, um, my collaborative uh, practice with Monique Celez from Reno Dance. Um, that relationship um, definitely has created an opportunity, um, you know, for casting a wider net. Um, you know, I think of people like Crystal Cook, who has been in theater for many, many years, um, you know, and people that have never stepped on stage before. And so as we're in these creative processes, creating works, I mean, the conversation is actually what the stepping stone is revealing is that we love this, you know, uh, we love performing, we love singing and dancing. And when I think of performance, you know, it was spoken about when I held the symposium, the first symposium at the BC Royal Museum. It was called Performance as Medicine. And Bradley Dick from the Lekwungen, uh from Songhees, he said that, you know, our performance, it's, it's not performance, it's our way of life. You know, so when I think about my own personal experiences growing up in the longhouse and, you know, seeing the men's feet dance and smoke coming up from all the, the dust and the scent and the smell and, you know, the, the visuals of my grandmother's shawl swaying, like these are all part of how we are in this world. You know, it all tells a story. It all has a piece in our health and wellness. It all reflects back to us that we're still here. And so performance is beyond just creating performance. It's a way of revitalizing and remembering and uh, cultivating uh, confidence and self-esteem. If we look at our history in Canada, you know, in terms of, you know, all of the oppression and historical trauma, you know, this is something that we're up against as intergenerational trauma. You know, this is something that we're still processing in our communities, you know, and the benefits of of nurturing all of those things that make us mentally well and physically well and our health is our priority, you know. And so performance, I think, is has been my avenue to really um, create a foundation, you know, for people that are interested 
Um, it may not be the interest of everybody, but uh, uh, my focus is really to start creating, um, you know, collective, I think, um, you know, people, people. And I know there's other conversations that they want to start having, um, you know, Sarah Rood and Crystal Cook and Butch Dick actually put on the Sacred Circle uh, play with all the school district 61 students, you know, of First Nations ancestry. So that's building in the education system, you know. Uh, the Belfry, you know, props to the Belfry who was um, waiting for something like this to happen, waiting for a proposal or initiative, someone to take initiative. And just through instinct, I chose the Belfry. I mean, I could have chose the McPherson or, you know, the Royal Theatre. Uh, but the Belfry has, a, you know, a really community sort of intimate space that I feel like um, in my experience performing there and watching other performers who have never been on stage, uh, there's a real welcoming, there's a real safety, you know, um, and they're very responsive to our needs. And I feel like uh, the trust that's built, you know, um, through um, producing you have to be able to produce, you know, these relationships aren't just um, built on um, faulty foundations, like there's real people that come in that want to see this work happen, and they come and they contribute to the vision. Yeah, I was actually going to ask, like, how do you, outside of just your residency, how do you mm -hmm. see this conversation and these collaborations unfolding in mm -hmm. Victoria in general over the last couple, couple years? Do you think we're making progress? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I really, when I think of progress and I think of like visibility of progress, I have to really look at my mom and my grandma, you know, like I have to think of like those older generations. There was progress being made in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and, you know, we're in our, the 2000s now. And when progress is right so close and you're actually within the progress, you know, you're you're making proactive choices to want to see indigenous peoples have a better existence be equal in this country uh, be treated with respect um, you know to be treated with respect in all realms in health and education and law um, you know f to see land jurisdiction and 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 treaties honored I mean there's so much work to do um, we've been at this for a long time We've been at this for a long time. And um, and so progress, I have to really sort of look at things in, in a historical worldview because I'm within the era of reconciliation. This era will translate into something else. You know, I think... Um, a lot of what's happening in our country is the TRC work, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, the opportunity for um, a, a, a real perspective of the full history of, of, of Canada and how Canadians are responding to that and positioning themselves. Um, also recognizing that some Canadians in this country still think that Native people are worthless. There are still people in this country um, that, you know, think very poorly of Indigenous peoples. And so there's still a lot of work to do. And that uh, discrimination is, is really on both ends. You know, uh, we've had a very difficult time, um, you know, providing our, our, our uh, maintaining 
our sovereignty and our our rights to our territories. I mean, I think of what's happening in U.S. Stoughton territory, um, you know, and I was watching uh, Alanis Obamsawin's uh, 270 Years of Resistance um, with the Oka Crisis in 1990, and it was the same imagery. You know, this was a sort of uh, realization last week for me, and I was like, you know, this is this is ongoing. So progress is ongoing, and we have to look at sort of the the decades that really translate into what work was done in that decade, and how would we like to see the next decade to come? Yeah, that's a good point. We're right in the middle of it, right? Right. It's like it will take a bit of distance to really reflect on exactly on where we've gone. It sounds like you've you've built a you've been building a good community mm-hmm. of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, are there people that you think in the arts community we should kind of be paying attention to and looking out for who Mm -hmm. will emerge in the next few Mm -hmm. years as Mm -hmm. really important voices? Well, absolutely. Um, You know, my perspective of not just Victoria itself, but Vancouver Island is extremely humbling to know how many Indigenous artists, visionaries, philosophers, um, cultural workers um, that exist on this territory. I mean, Vancouver Island is an extremely rare and beautiful place. I mean, you have three major First Nations groups that occupy that their original territory is here with three distinct languages and different dialects. I mean, you have the Kokwakiwak people from Up Island, you have the West Coasters, the New Channel, and all uh, here around Victoria area, you have the Coast Salish people. I mean, the the amount of... um, you know, artists and, like I said, visionaries within those territories is huge. I think all initiatives uh, focused on Indigenous art or cultural expression has to be on people's radar because there's learning that happens in there, you know. Um, There's learning. There's, like I said, that that medicine component, you know. uh, we, we, We drum and sing and come together and unite, you know, around that drum, um, not because we're bored, you know, but because that it has fundamental uh, teachings and learnings coming together and where our communities really, you know, uh, support one another. And so uh, in terms of like people, people, I mean, I think of across Canada, (laughs) across Canada, so much work is being done with Indigenous artists. Galleries are hosting, you know, uh, extraordinary uh, exhibitions. I think of what's happening up in the Yukon um, to talk to others is uh, an exhibition that's happening right now that Valerie Celez curated. Um, I think of Amanda Strong, uh, who's doing an animation, Rebecca Belmore. I mean, uh, here on this territory, I mean, there's all of the traditional carvers, you know, that keep that, that fundamental way of creating art alive. You know, the grants that focus on sharing traditional art uh, across generations and mentorship. Um, I feel like there are specific focuses, you know, with Open Space uh, Gallery that really focus on, you know, they've gone through a whole transformation of really implementing Indigenous methodologies and strategies of how to, you know, curate, how to exhibit, how to really hold space for Indigenous peoples. 
um, and all the youth artists that are coming up, you know, it's, it's all about giving opportunity to that next generation, allowing them to see themselves in education, in art, in the gallery space, you know, where at one point of time, uh, we weren't allowed to vote, we weren't even allowed to, you know, uh, leave the reserve. You know, and so at this point of time, I think it's all of our responsibilities to really make space, make space, hold space, um, not just for the creation process, because some some sometimes I recognize that, you know, um, indigenous, anything indigenous is hard in some capacity, emotionally or, um, you know, just a, a truth or reality. There's there's always an edge you know, and especially with the work that I've been able to produce, I want to be able to have that emotive response. I don't want to create anything that uh, were, you know, my intention is to create works that really help people to feel, to get back into their heart. You know, that's in terms of what I see as medicine and healing is, is the heart. You have to go back into the heart. The journey to the heart is really where the hard work is. It's really where reconciliation is. It's where compassion lives. It's, it's where empathy lives. It's where understanding lives. Um, you know, um, these spaces can be somewhat theoretical and intellectualized for sure, you know, in certain, um, you know, agendas and in the context, you know, the way that it translates is different. Um, but my, my goal is really through the arts and to really bring works that really speak honestly and genuine and sincerity, I feel like is, uh, you know, a real... A real real virtues that really could help us remember that we're human beings you know that we're, we're human beings we're not machines you know and to bring back in that that real body to body face to face uh, conversation um, and that's something that we implemented in supernova this year was the Q&A after the Saturday matinee and this Saturday closing show we had the opportunity for the audience to really sort of either give feedback um and and delve into more some some questions you know and curiosity and and sometimes the response is well you know i didn't understand that part or i don't understand or i don't get it you know and i think one thing about indigenous art is it's not about getting it it's about um acceptance you know i had this teaching given to me uh, a couple of years ago and they told me you know when you walk into the big house and when you walk into a ceremony you need to turn off that mind that wants to understand it or wants to get it you know so you walk away feeling like you you uh you 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 got something from that or you you're you've took you've taken something from that for yourself but it's all about accepting accepting where you are where where you are accepting the work that's being um, shown to you you know the songs the dances you know it's all about accepting and really letting that resonate you know inside of your heart and that can be very different from a like a settler perspective where mm -hmm. you're trying to understand mm -hmm. you know where something's coming from or you know as someone who is often cr uh, critic of, of art it's mm -hmm. like it'd be hard to turn that part of your brain off right. when experiencing something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely I feel like the the intention is different you know and that's something that uh, in terms of the reflection back from from audience you know I've heard things like I don't know what was going on with me but I was feeling 
I was feeling through it. And so it is successful in terms of some of the intentions that we bring forward, you know. Um, and I think people leave or walk away um, feeling connected. Because sometimes it's hard to feel connected to some of the movement that's happening in reconciliation or how do I be part of and I think that was something that I really loved about working at the Belfry as well that you know the support and connection all it all it really meant was buying a ticket and sitting in a seat you know and I knew from this vision that I had I was like if somebody goes to the show and buys a ticket and and sits in a seat I I have a very good feeling that something good will happen for them and that's where the whole thing was built just wanted goodness for people you know when we gather in when we gather when we gather in our big houses our smoke houses our long houses or wherever we gather it really is about you know walking away feeling good a feeling like you're filled up like something happened like your spirit is is uh revitalized it's been nurtured it's been cared for because when I think about, you know, the songs and uh, dances that are shared, you know, even in the sort of stage context, that's that's generosity that's being expressed, you know, for a long time. Potlatching was banned. The exposure of any uh, native song or dance was, was banned from our communities. The amount of oppression through residential school or... or um, our, our sacred languages being taken away, you know, and the abuse on top of that to keep all of that hidden, all of that unseen, you know, and through the resilience of Indigenous peoples from all territories keeping that going, you know, um, it's amazing. It's really amazing. And I feel like the settler population, non-Indigenous population, um, is entitled to that quest as well in their own process of understanding who they are. You know, uh, what songs and dances and stories do they come from? I think it's a, a beautiful journey to embark on, you know. There's been a lot of uh, trauma, not just with Indigenous peoples, but with, with Canadians, you know. All of these scenarios coming to this country and what does that mean today? And that's something that we're unpacking. Well, thanks, Lindsay. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> that was a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's all. okay. But uh, thank you so much. I really okay. appreciate You're it. You're welcome. That was my chat with Iroquois Mohawk artist Lindsay Delron. Thanks so much to Lindsay for taking the time to chat. If you'd like to hear more of our podcast, you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Check the Program. Or as always, we welcome feedback. Check the program YYJ at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>